chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome in to season two of the Players' Lounge, sponsored by Heels for Life. Players' Lounge is brought to you by Heels for Life, and you know that's a collective, uh, the official collective for North Carolina football, providing NIL opportunities to all the football student-athletes while getting them engaged in the community with local and regional nonprofits. Make sure you check out the website. Graham Boone's done yeoman's work getting that website going, healsforlife.org. Learn about subscriptions, where you can have access to exclusive player content, memorabilia, and VIP experiences. Tommy Ashley, that's Taylor Vipless, but we all came to talk to Mr. Drake May. What's going on, Drake? Yes, sir. What's going on? Y'all doing all right? You know, glad. Thanks for having me. Uh, just glad to be back. We uh, actually just got back in town. Uh, we got summer school starting tomorrow, so just getting getting back into summer workouts. Yeah, so so what's that like? Uh, I mean, football players, I don't think folks realize um, what being a football player entails at a major university like North Carolina. So, so Carolina and Oregon game ended, what, five months ago? What's it been like, um, spring practice and all that for you over over the course of you know the last two or three weeks? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's pretty much twenty four seven. I think we got like a week, week or maybe two after uh, the Oregon game, and then we just finished exams uh, last Tuesday and we're back this Tuesday. So we got a week since that. So uh, now it's pretty twenty four seven. We usually lift four times a week, and then um, other than that, we're extra extra stuff like throwing and just just hanging out. But I thought spring ball went well. I thought we had a you know, good spring riding coach Lindsey. Uh, I think we got a you know chance to, to make some big plays, and I thought he was great. Uh, kind of the transition, you know, it's always different having a kind of having Coach Longo here the past four years and bringing in a new guy. But I thought he did a great job, kind of keeping some of the stuff the same, but also bringing his stuff. So uh, I'm excited. It should be some fun. Um, I think the best time of year is just having just the football guys around here, no distractions. We're just locked in on lifting, um, getting in shape, and really taking some classes just to help us uh, kind of get get ahead in the classroom. So that's Summer's kind of one of my favorite times, really, just to hone in on football and just experience the kind of camaraderie with the guys. Drake, for my my summer experiences um, from my days on the football team, we would do drafts. We would have, you know, dodgeball, basketball, pickup games. Is there anything fun around campus that, that they're doing? So it's not just football, football, football for you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Funny you mentioned that. We're actually uh, we're going to play paintball tomorrow as a team. So we, we they, you know, they do a great job of kind of incorporating you know fun events for us. Uh, I think we played paintball last year. We did uh, 
some laser tag last year um, in the indoor. So they do a good job. Go bowling. Um, we do a great job of just finding events and different type of stuff, like you said, outside of football that, that let us have some fun. And then we actually, uh, we, we kind of separate through the summer. We separate into usually four or five teams, usually four teams and kind of like two captains of each team kind of draft players. And you can get um, competition points. It's a competition for some shoes, usually some Jordans, whatever kind of pair. I'm not a big Jordan kind of shoe guy, but it's usually some sweet pair of Jordans. And so you, you draft the guys, usually like captains like myself, and probably eight other guys draft, um, draft the rest of the players and we each have our teams. You get competition points through like, you know, 10 yard timing or, you know, sprints, whoever comes in first. And uh, you, you get deducted points for like missing tutoring sessions and missing uh, coming in last in the sprints. So it's pretty cool uh, what we do it here in the summer. And uh, it's a good time. You obviously, it's all about competition everywhere you've been. Let, let's let's start from the beginning. And I know you've answered these questions and folks uh, know that the way I like to do interviews is I listen to all your other interviews and then I try to go in a different direction. So um, not intended to stump you or anything, but to sort of, sort of like let the Carolina fan hear about what makes their QB1 click. And, and I'm going to go back to the beginning. I mean, you've been in a Carolina family your entire life, Drake, mm -hmm. uh, your father, your brothers. What are your earliest memories of the University of North Carolina growing up? Golly. Um, earliest memories. Uh, in Chapel Hill, my earliest memory um, was probably at the, the Giovanni um, punt return. I was here for that. Um, also coming to games, I was when Luke was getting recruited, one of my earliest memories in the basketball over in the basketball gym was I was a ball boy in a UNC Duke game um, when Luke was like maybe junior or senior. Um, but earlier than that, I, I was coming to games when I was five and six years old with, you know, the heel, the heel print on my cheek and with my brothers and just, just, you know, in the, in the backyard wearing Carolina jerseys. We used to always, you know, my mom has, um, you know, school, school book pictures and we're all wearing Carolina either jerseys or shirts. So it's just growing up is, is it was what, kind of part of the culture um, in our family, just having North Carolina on, really. So so I watched your dad play um, a ton because that was back. I graduated in 93 at Carolina. It was a little bit before that. But obviously, you don't have any memory. I love when people say, do you remember watching your dad play? Well, only on tape. So, so tell us about that. What was it like growing up, um, obviously being a quarterback, but knowing your father had played big-time quarterback? Yeah, you know, it was really just a blessing. You know, he's, you know, people always ask, he's my quarterback coach and, and stuff like that. And it's really just been my dad just going out there in the backyard. He's the one who's seen me throw it around since, you know, the first days of me throwing a ball. So uh, just having someone, you know, especially my father, um, who played the position at a high level and knows what's going on and been through it. Um, it's really just been fortunate to just be able to listen to him and have him guide me into, you know, decisions and him and him and my mom as well being a part of it. Uh, I think they've been, you know, two people have been a big, big impact on my life and especially, you know, it was my position with, with, with my dad. But um, at the same time, just uh, Coach Moody, Daryl Moody, um, he's the one who's been showing me some old clips of my dad. Um, he put up, he put together a highlight tape maybe back in, uh, maybe before last year, before last uh, fall, before last season. And uh, just watching, I think he threw a post maybe, but they always talk about how strong his arm was. That's what he, that's what he you know, hangs his hat on. He said he had a stronger arm than me. But uh, other than that, he, he always says he wasn't. He didn't have as good of years um, here at Carolina as he wished he'd had. I think he got hurt and maybe his shoulder. But, uh, no, I heard, I heard some things in high school. He was, you know, three sport. But, uh, I mean, I'd like to take him back in his day and kind of go at him with whatever sports he was at. I think that'd be fun. 
I was going to follow up and ask what what was the scouting report that you've heard, but it's just big arm, big arm guy. Yeah, no, I, I think he moves around pretty good. Obviously, he was a good athlete, so I'm sure he did. Um, and obviously, his big arm is whatever by all the receivers that come back and I meet there with my dad saying he used to whatever break fingers and stuff. I don't know. It could be could be some lies, but who knows? <laughs> the older you get and and the further away you get, the the more you can lie about some of those playing tapes and especially guys like that where they don't really have the the film uh to back it up where like you every every game you play is easily accessible on youtube but what is your earliest memory when when you started to realize like wow i I am pretty good at football or football could be a career for me yeah i mean i think um you know we actually that's funny you mentioned that me me and my brother Bo um and my parents last night we took back some of our little league film and we we're watching some of the games actually last night um, and just watching us. I was playing um, quarterback and middle linebacker and Bo was, you know, the biggest kid, bigger than some of the coaches at like nine years old. So uh, that was just funny watching us run around. Um, really when it started hitting me with quarterback it was probably in middle school. My dad, um, he was kind of off the coordinator. I think you know he wanted to be involved at an early age. So we were out there, you know, every practice he has run through two minute drill and and that year, um, in eighth grade, we had a pretty big season. Um, just throwing around. My dad loved to throw around. We didn't run it much. We kind of threw it around the yard. And then from then on, I kind of felt like, you know, football um, was something that I could maybe um, I could kind of use and, and play for, you know, in the college. Um, I always loved basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport, uh, and especially watching Luke and live out his dream here. Um, but kind of really once um, after that eighth grade year and, and going into high school, um, I kind of took football up and, and wanted to run with it. I, I figured my dad wanted some one of us to play quarterback, so it ended up being his last one with me. Um, so that's about it. And then, Drake, you, let, hold, hold on, Vip. I got to ask this question because I've heard this so many times because I've heard about you playing basketball. Who's better, Drake, Luke, or Bo in basketball? Or you can throw Cole in there on the basketball yeah, court. Yeah, no, Luke for sure. Luke's got the upper hand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Be honest. Yeah, one on one in the driveway. Um, yeah, Luke, Luke, Luke gets us the king of the court every time. But uh, we, we we throw up some some numbers at him. We can we can score on him, but it's tough to stop it when Luke goes full throttle to the rack. We 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 tend to not do very well once he goes once he shoots. If he stays on the outside and shoots it, we can guard him a little bit. But once he turns it up, yeah, we have, we struggle. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the high school days where you were originally committed to Alabama. You decommit from them. You immediately flip that commitment to UNC. What led to that and just kind of taking fans behind the process, trying to figure everything out as a high schooler? Yeah. I mean, I think I wasn't a big fan of the recruiting process in general, uh, just having to, you know, answer texts and calls and kind of reach out to some coaches or coaches reaching me out and taking me out of class in high school. Um, so the big thing with me was, you know, Coach Fedor was here, and they had some great years with Mr. Bisky, obviously, and um, kind of towards the latter part of his his coaching tenure here, he uh, they kind of started falling. He had some bad seasons, and uh, really, you know, before Coach Brown came back, I really didn't want to, you know, come here and, and play for, um, you know, kind of a declining program. So uh, really, uh, you know, I was in there in Coach Saban's office, and, you know, he wants you to come play for him at a, at a at a college like that, a football program like that, it's kind of hard to turn down. Um, but once Coach Brown came back on um, that 2019 season, watching Sam, um, who was a close friend of mine, um, watching him kind of put him back on the map and kind of season they had, uh, they could have, I think they were six and six, but they had some some games or that were, that were real close. It could have been a lot of one score games. So just watching that and seeing Sam do that, I didn't want really to be able to miss out in my home state. You know, this is obviously, you know, what I 
grew up in what college I love, what college I came watching the football games. So didn't want to miss out. And obviously this place means so much to me. Just to come play, you know, quarterback for you know your favorite college is kind of a dream come true. Do you think, and and I'm from North Carolina too, went to UNC, got a family full of that. Do you think people understand um, being from North Carolina, wanting to be a part of the University of North Carolina? Do you think folks get that like they should? Yeah, I think that's a good question. You know, I really think, um, I think the ones that get it are the ones that, you know, either have, you know, other family members or, or dads or moms that uh, were Carolina, part of Carolina. I think the ones that kind of become – Carolina fan through, you know, favorite players and favorite stuff don't really get it. But I think the true kind of blue bloods and Carolina blue um, kind of fans, I think, really get it. Because, you know, especially kind of the family here, just the people. Like I always said, the people make the place. It's really the people here. You were born into Carolina. You come to Carolina as Mark's son or, or Luke's brother. What was the process like for you creating your own legacy and, and trying to get out of the shadow that your family had kind of casted in front of you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, you know, a lot of people kind of kind of talk about it in a bad way. I think it really, you know, it's, it's allowed me to kind of gain some early popularity just from having my, my, my dad and my brother be, you know, big time Carolina people. Um, so I think, you know, at a certain point, you know, it gets annoying when, you know, you come around and you know, nobody knows your name and they just, you know, say that's Luke's little brother. Or, and rarely people say Mark's, Mark's son. I don't think they really. People ever, Tommy's yeah. age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Yeah, that's all I say. I used to watch your dad play here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, um, you know, really not till I'd probably say middle of last season or maybe even after this probably in 2023, really people started kind of recognize me and on campus and, I haven't been with Luke much kind of walking around here or, or in public because he's over in Spain playing, but I'm sure Luke would still get the main popularity with the basketball. Um, but no, it's been, it's been cool kind of seeing how, how fast things happen, you know, from going from last year and not even know if I'll be the starter um, for where I'm at now. It's, it all happens so fast. Just got to know to enjoy it. But uh, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. I've already asked you that question. I already said, I saw your dad play. So yeah. Call, call me yeah. old. Appreciate it, Vip. I'll remember that next time. Uh, Drake, obviously, athletic family, parents, brothers. What's the best piece of advice that you got um, from either a brother or a parent um, when you were entering into Carolina or, or sort of entering into young adulthood or, or young man, early early manhood? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing that my parents always told me is just work, focus on yourself um, and focus on – you know, whether it's your craft or um, you in the classroom, don't worry about, you know, what other people think or what other people are saying or what other people are doing, um, you know, especially, you know, in a competition battle. Um, just worry about what I can do to better myself that day. I think that's the big thing, uh, kind of my time here. Um, not to worry about the outside noise and just, you know, focus on myself and, you know, what I can do to get better today, whether it's on the field or in the film room and uh, not just kind of what it's social media or just what other people are saying around, you know, the, the locker room, just, you know, kind of focus in on, you know, what you believe and, and realize that, you know, all this work you put in is going to pay off um, someday. So. All right. What was the, uh, what was the welcome to college moment for you? Both either, well, no, both on and off the field. Um, when did you realize that mm, I'm not in high school, I'm not at home anymore? Yeah. Um, shoot. Uh, probably we lived over in Rams, though, kind of off the field. Uh, the kind of welcome to college moment um, was just kind of having to walk um, to the facility. We had to walk up the big hill. I don't know if you know from where 
uh, Adin Dome is at to, to get to like the field hockey walk up that big hill. Just walking up that big hill for practice, you know, at, at 6.30, we had meetings in the morning, 6.30 a.m., walking up that hill like 5.45 um, and just having to do that over and over again and walking home from um, class, having to go down that, it's like a 20 or 30-minute walk. That was kind of a welcome to college moment, just having to, you know, find ways, you know, as, as a freshman, actually as a high school senior, really that spring just to figure it out and how to get from A to B on time and in the fastest way. And probably on the field, God, I'll probably say just probably that first spring practice scrimmage um, I was – I was thrown in there and just kind of like a deer in the headlights. I remember throwing, uh, I may have thrown, we were in the red zone and we had like a, a run play called and I threw up a fade outside um, to the right. To, I don't know if you remember Steven Gosnell and he got intercepted. We were on like the two yard line and uh, Coach Longo kind of reamed me for not doing my own thing. And I realized, you know, I can't, can't do that here. Like in high school, I used to throw up a fade on a run play like it was nothing. But, um, uh, Probably that was probably my two kind of welcome to college moments of, of realizing, you know, I got to, I got to, you know, stick to the script. And I can't just do my own thing like it's high school anymore. You learn pretty quickly. If you're going to be wrong, be wrong with whatever the coach does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. Don't make it something of my own doing. That's for sure. Last year on the Players Lounge podcast, we talked with Josh Downs and he admitted his freshman year when he wasn't playing, he had doubts about, you know, how good am I? During your redshirt year, did you ever have moments like that where you're looking around and you you internally are questioning, you know, is this the level for me or or can I have success here? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a great point. I think I think we, you know, sometimes when you don't play right away, you know, any college player will tell you they go through doubts of, you know, do I do I have it or can I play here or am I talented enough to play at this level? Um, especially for me, we missing. My senior year of, um, you know, high school uh, football with COVID and then graduating here early, they played that in the spring. You know, really for me, I didn't play, you know, a true type of football game. Um, I got in there some at the end of um, my, my redshirt season. But uh, and real game matter besides uh, Walford, I really hadn't been tackled or anything for like two and a half years. You know, for me, um, kind of going that FAMU game and even the, the games of Garden, I mean, I, it kind of felt weird getting tackled again because, you know, in practice you never get hit or anything. So I think – you know, kind of that. And uh, like you said, just doubting, not really doubting my, my um, confidence in myself, just doubting, you know, I still got it and can do it. And, you know, when bullets are flying and, you know, 20, 22 and 23 year old men are running around here trying to take my head off. Um, I think Josh had a great point. I think any college football, you know, player that is playing now, um, if they didn't play right away would, would if they, if they don't say that they uh, thought that they lost it, they, they're probably lying. Because I think it's it's pretty difficult. You don't come when you come from high school and you're the guy, and you come to college, you kind of get a reality check. I think it's honestly good for most players. During that year, you mentioned your friendship with him, but what was it like learning behind Sam Howell? Yeah, I think it was a blessing. I think the main thing about Sam was just you know how he approached it. You know, every day his preparation, um, whether it's in this quarterback room or um, just you know day in day out. You know, he treated it like uh, you know it was, it was a nine to five job. Everything he thought, um, and he kind of did his life around football and especially in season um, we'd stay in till you know eight to nine o'clock and you know sometimes even ten o'clock uh, just just watch him film over and over same clips and I'd tell him Sam we already watched that and stuff like that and, uh, just seeing how he how he went about it you know really helped me and helped me uh, kind of prepare for this this, this past season the season coming up. I want to stay there with the how deal because you mentioned it just a second ago you came in 
and you pretty much knew you were going to sit. Uh, that just seems like it doesn't happen anymore with college athletics, with the portal and all that. How did that make you better? How did that make you the guy that North Carolina fans saw last year? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, the, the, the primary thing I'd say is it kind of made me hungry, kind of made me um, kind of want to work back for, you know, getting to where Sam was at, seeing, you know, the way people treated him around campus, seeing him uh, kind of the not only the popularity he got, but just uh, kind of the extra, um, you know, being the quarterback in college, you know, the kind of uh, not not just the fame, but just the way that Sam has so many opportunities had um, and the way that he's gotten to kind of change his family's life and um, just people around him. I think that's the main thing, just having something that I want to strive for and be able to reach again um, instead of just in high school um, being the guy. I started my sophomore year, so kind of having three years of that, um, you get used to just in that position and then having to work towards that and kind of start over is uh, something that kind of I, I carried with me and uh, wanted to get back to. I remember doing videos about Sam Howell when he was the quarterback and I was saying he was the best quarterback in school history and then you step into the role, you play one or two games and then I'm already saying you're the best quarterback in school history. Have you had time to reflect on the numbers you put up in, in your first season where you set the school record for single season passing yards and you tie somebody like Sam Howell with passing touchdowns? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think <laughs> one year of me playing um, is on the level of Sam three years. Uh, just what he did here was was incredible. And it was, you know, it was awesome to see it in firsthand, you know, being with him every day um, and being – with him on game day, see how he did it. Um, he's just, especially that last year, what he did on the ground was most impressive to me, how he, he ran the ball and uh, just kind of really did whatever he could to, to try to get, you know, wins in the in the win column. Um, but I think that's a, you're generous to say that about, I think that's a, that's a stretch, especially with, uh, you know, obviously Mitch had his, his phenomenal year here and what Sam did this past three years. I'm just, a, I'm honored to be in the same conversation if I ever get there, but, uh, I think we got a big year coming up. I'm excited to kind of get, get the guys back out there. I was thinking about spring football. You kind of um, kind of get that taste of what football season's like, and you have to do a whole summer of workouts and running conditioning. That kind of that kind of is not too fun, and you kind of miss the, the football part. And you want it to come soon. So. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24/7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. What you know when you look at your accomplishments and people, you know, you've talked to people, you've done these interviews, and they've listed them off and all that. We're not going to do it because everybody watching knows them. But let me ask you, as far as the hype and all, how difficult is it or is it to be just a normal student at Carolina? And, and what I ask there is I always try to tell people, 
that these guys are just normal college age kids that have a great talent. Some have a greater talent than others. What's it like um, trying to be a normal college student at Carolina for you? Yes, sir. You know, I think uh, Carolina is one of the better places at it. You know, oftentimes, uh, really the only thing around campus um, is, you know, you'll see you know, groups of people kind of kind of lower, kind of murmuring or chattering. I even say, is that Drake? Um, and really, like you said, we're just normal people. You know, I'd rather than say, what's up, Drake? Or, you know, how's your day? Or good luck this Saturday. Instead, just kind of quietly, you know, saying sly remarks on the side and kind of whispering to their friends. I think that's the big thing, just uh, realizing that we're just normal people and we'd rather you know, have a conversation with you than just kind of be a whatever idolized or person on campus. Uh, just We're just another student, just like y'all, taking the same classes y'all are, um, just happen to play, you know, on the football team in a, in a brighter light um, on national television, television. That's about it. I think that's that's a good point you make. We're just, you know, normal people. Also, we oftentimes try to, you know, tell each other and tell, tell Luke, you know, sometimes you see, you know, little kids coming up to you acting like, you know, the only one I had some kids saying all they wanted was a Drake major for Christmas. You know, that stuff, that stuff, you know, it makes your day and just really puts it in perspective. But, you know, that, that at the same time, those kids, you know, like as, as a college student on campus, you know, other than, than uh, the athletes, just realizing that we're just, you know, like, like you said, just the same students and just want to have conversation is the big thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, now let's sort of turn towards this year. You've referenced it, summer workouts and all that, um, getting back into football. You know, Coach Longo left. Um, Mac has discussed, or Mac, Coach Mac Brown discussed um, your role in wanting to be, not necessarily wanting to be a part of the offensive coordinator search, but you had a little bit of a say-so, and you wanted to be a, you wanted a teacher um, because you know what's, what lies ahead. You've talked about working on football and being taught. Just sort of expound on that. Tell us more about why it's so important for you to be taught. And then we'll get into Coach Lindsey and Coach Christensen and their role in that. But what does Drake May want to be taught about as far as quarterback? Yes, sir. I think um, the big thing is that, you know, I'm a 20-year-old kid who's had one year of playing experience. I'm just trying to soak up. Um, kind of all the knowledge I can get, you know, especially from a, a different coordinator coming in. Um, he could, you know, say different things or have different opinions on certain aspects. Um, just, just I think a big part of it is learning the defense, learning defensives, um, learning different coverages or different blitz or the way, you know, the last four games, how they treated, they treated me and the offense differently than, you know, the first, you know, eight or nine games we played and just how those, those, those teams are looking to attack me and what I could kind of learn and, and, gain a knowledge about um, defenses trying to, you know, mix up things or disguise stuff. And at the same time, like I said, you mentioned footwork. Uh, you know, me and you mentioned Coach Christian. We're in there watching, you know, old tapes of, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning doing, you know, simple footwork drops and simple drills just to, to master little things and being consistent, being, you know, having the same throwing mechanics and having your feet in the same spot every time. That's the main thing I got from kind of those two people, um, those, watching those, those uh, two guys every throw and, you know, every drill, their, their feet and their bodies in the same place. And sometimes you take translate that to mine. I'm in a different spot, stuff like that. I want to get on a long tangent, but just some stuff like that. How do you go about seeing things on film to then being able to translate it to the field? Like how, how is that process for you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really tough. You know, it's, it's hard to kind of simulate what it's like in game when, when bulls are flying and people are out to hit you. I mean, you can have all the bags and the cones out there, but, you know, in reality, it's hard to 
like I said, replicate, you know, what it's like in a game when you have to make, you know, you know, instant read or, you know, instant in time reads and make decisions, you know, split decisions with, you know, first downs on the line. You can, it's hard to replicate, you know, third and eight um, down there in, in the AC championship in Charlotte um, against, you know, Clemson when they're dropping eight and you got some concepts going. You can't replicate that out there, you know, and indoor. It's, 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 you can't do it. So just trying to find, you know, ways to maybe separate it, whether it's do footwork here and do progressions here and different drills, I think is the best way to do it, um, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, at the same time, not getting too, you know, off track of, you know, what um, kind of the fundamentals, what gets you there. Um, oftentimes people try to, you know, drill kind of the off-platform off platform throws and the difficult stuff when in reality the stuff that's, you know, going to make the difference is the easy, you know, five-yard outs or, you know, 12-yard curls, you know, with just with somebody on them, accuracy. So They don't look as cool, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the highlight plays are what people get, but really kind of the, the easy ones are the ones that, you know, I'll be mad at myself for. Yeah, that's perfect. We're we're talking to Drake May, Players Lounge, Season Two, Hills for Life, and HillsforLife.org. Check them out. Um, North Carolina's NIL Collective. Drake, you sort of mentioned the Clemson play as a quarterback, especially. You know, Mac always talked about how uh, you're harder on yourself than anybody possibly can. How how much do you remember specifically about each game? Are you one of those guys that can recite? every play from every game. How's that work inside your mind when you're going back through uh, your past season? Yeah, um, that's a good point. I always see, like I said, videos of I think one of the best ones they always have is, is Sean McVay is relaying kind of information from like five years ago on like a first and 10 touchdown pass on the 20-yard line in the third quarter or something like that. I, I'm not I'm not as into it as that. Um, but usually kind of what sticks with me is the, the, the kind of the bad plays or the plays that change the game that I could have done a better job. Um, and, and no, I either missed a throw or kind of made the wrong uh, – threw the wrong guy or could have changed the protection here or uh, could have changed the play. I think that's the, the main thing with me, um, just kind of the plays that haunt you. And you realize at the end of the game, uh, kind of one or two plays that, that could have been a difference are the ones that kind of stick with me rather than whether it's a touchdown throw or here or there. Uh, like, I, like I said, kind of the difficult ones that are tough to swallow are always the ones that stick with me and probably a lot of other – all right, so so let me ask you about three plays that stood out to me. Obviously, you had a ton, through, you know, through for a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards. Um, but right out of the gate, the throw to J.J. Jones at App State, rolling left, set your flip your hips and, and hit him in stride for the score. I believe App was up seven nothing. Yeah. Do you do you talk about that App State game? Lord, it lives in legendary oh, yeah. history in North Carolina football. Oh geez, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> We always joke Coach Brown never to schedule a game and, and boot again. It's just can't get anything good out of it. You know, we're supposed to beat them, but if they beat us, it's national news. So, uh, you know, but I don't think Coach Brown scheduled that. I think it was before him. Um, yeah, but we were in bunch set there. I remember we were in a bunch set to the left, and we had a play. It's basically a corner snag play. And uh, you kind of see leverage on the – I think the corner ended up taking the, old, the taking the bait underneath and J.J. ended up coming over, over top. But, you know, that App State, App State game in general – Kind of like you said, you're a welcome to college football moment. Um, that was kind of in that season, kind of a, just a, I think welcome to the college season this year for anybody watching that game. Um, I think it ended up the score ended up being higher than the basketball score or something like that. Um, so just that game was one of the crazy games I've ever been a part of, and just the change of events. I think we were up 21 at one point um, with the ball um, after maybe an interception from said, and then we have a. They bring cover zero, and I miss Kamari for a chance to break open the game, and they end up crawling back. Y'all know the story. But uh, 
like I said, if college football, you know, it's never over. Um, you realize when Bryson takes it back on the onside kick and everybody's tooting and hollering and we're still up eight and they got the chance to score and go for two. Um, so that game was kind of a wake-up call for me. Um, just to, every play matters. It doesn't matter. You know, if it's first quarter, you know, first drive, that can be the difference in the ball game. What was your reaction when, when Bryson returned it? Yeah, I mean, I was I was initially happy. Um, but then you realize you do the math and see the scoreboard. And, you you know, you kind of – they still got a chance to <laughs> score some more. I think they had, like, 30 already in the fourth. Uh, but, you know, they end up – I think, you know, they, they game plan as well. Off State, you know, they gave them a lot of credit. They Their offense had it going. And um, we just had an opportunity. I think we, we had a chance as an offense to put that game away. That's, that's what, what makes me mad. You know, it shouldn't have been that close anyway. And we put a lot of pressure on the defense, so. That is definitely QB1. What Vip didn't say is he almost killed me at that game because I was in the end zone in the bleachers and this hand reaches up and grabs me and almost pulls me over onto the field. <laughs> I'd have been in the hospital, man. But yeah. That was an epic environment, that's for sure. It was. We, I was telling people, some people the other day, it was like 9 a.m. or 9.30, we were walking in there and their whole student section, their whole side is packed, you know, waiting for that game at noon. So that was pretty cool to see. Yep, you gotta love college football. Let me let's turn to Wake Forest. You you made a throw, um, you scramble around, you scramble right, then back left, and then throw basically down the middle of the field. I think JJ Jones again. Jason Staples on Inside Carolina, our Inside Carolina called it the filthiest throw from a quarterback in 2022. Period. You remember that play? You remember that game because that's that game you sealed the coastal oh, yeah. for Carolina. Yeah, I remember that throw exactly. I remember being mad myself. I underthrew it a little bit. I think he had to dive for it. Um, I think it would have hit him in stride. He would have had a chance to maybe go make a bigger play. Um, but yeah, I think just like I said, like I was telling someone, um, you know, some of the past interviews, they, you know, they asked me what, you know, that I think of my own game. I think that's one of the best parts, just extending plays and when something's not there, um, the ability to kind of make something happen. I think that's something that I try to carry with me and it's one of my best attributes. Um, but at the same time, I tend to, pass up the, the freebie, you know, the five-yard gain to try to make a play like that, and that can get me in trouble. Um, but, you know, that game with Wake, that was, you know, probably the highlight of the season. Um, what a game. You know, I know Sam Harmon well. I grew up playing peewee football with him. Um, so not just the, the battles between me and him, but, you know, the teams and kind of the end of the game. Um, you know, another another nail-biter and a chance for us to put it away again, uh, having to settle for a field goal in the red zone. So just, just a great college football game, and you know, celebrating out someone else's locker room is a pretty cool, pretty cool feeling. I'm going to ask you one more detailed question, and we can get to some fun things. And then next season, um, of course, we're listening to Drake May, HillsForLife.org. Drake, can you sort of walk us through as a quarterback? Walk us through the process of you make a play, whoever makes a play, there's a tackle, and sort of walk us to. What you're going, what's going through your head until the next snap? I saw a, a video. I want to say it may have been Tom Brady or Peyton Manning years ago, where they sort of detailed every bit of the, from the ball was down and until the ball is snapped. Yeah. Can you do that for us here? Just yeah, in general, sure. just the general play. General. So, um, yeah. Say we just say we get a first down. Say, I, um, whether it's a run or you know a pass complete. Um, my eyes, you know, right off the bat, they go to. The, the coordinator who will be signaling the play. Um, so from there, you get the play, basically get everybody lined up. So after I get the, get the call, get everybody lined up, um, tell the, whether it's the run play or protection to the O-line, make sure the O-line hears it, make sure the running back hears it, and if the tight ends kind of in the core, make sure the 
you know, the tight end hears it. Um, and after that, go to safety structure, kind of look at what they're doing defensively, um, kind of too high, one high stuff or um, front, then go to front, um, linebackers, uh, whatever formation we're in, um, see if, you know, odd, even, bare. Um, and also I think one of the big things that kind of, you know, I've looked at is kind of corner depth, you know, whether it's pressed or man, maybe take a, take a shot on somebody if they're pressed up or, you know, if they're off eight yards, they'll hitch out there. Um, so that's probably the last thing I look like, kind of corner. And, uh, you know, especially nowadays, people starting to bring, you know, some of the corner blitz stuff, you know, into the boundary. Um, take a look at some of that. And at the end of the day, make sure um, everybody's lined up. Uh, like I said, take a look at the defense. Um, and from there, just play football. You know, take what they give you and, and hurt, them where, hurt them where they're not. It's, it's, it's not as easy as said as, as it's said, but. It's not pressing X and throwing to the wide receiver on the yeah, Xbox. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of of video games, I like the the normalizing the student athletes. I have Luke as a friend on on PlayStation actually, but I'm curious, what do you like to do outside of football? Yeah, um, yeah, I enjoy you know teeing it up on the course, you know, playing some golf. You know, I love playing golf, um, especially if it's with. You know, my brothers or some friends. Um, I play a little bit of video games, not much. Um, you know, sometimes me and my brothers hop on and, you know, we'll play, you know, one of the – we, we like playing PGA golf. We get on there and, and like, compete <laughs> with PGA golf. Um, other than that, we'll play some Madden. Um, just kind of think it's fun playing Madden just because it's probably – it's one of the kind of the cheesiest games out there, but also it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty fun talking crap and stuff. Um, but other than that, going out um, – you know, I, I play basketball. We played uh, play basketball, whether it's, you know, at Ram's Head or, you know, in Woolen. We go out there and get some football guys and go play some of the, you know, the normal uh, kind of the normal students in basketball five on five. We try not to do that too much and try not to go too competitive. Um, and I play a little pickleball with my dad. My dad likes playing pickleball nowadays, try to get some exercise. He's getting uh, – needs to lose some weight. But that's about it, really. You're talking about old stuff now. You're playing pickleball. You too. Yeah, pickleball. my dad likes it, so we try to. You know, my dad can't move around. You know, like, anymore. So try to find stuff to incorporate him. That's what we try to do. It's a finesse game. People don't understand that about. Pickleball. Oh yeah, no, it is. It is. It's not with us. Just you know, kind of four, six, five, and six, five, and up guys just trying to slam it at the net. <laughs> and then in one of your press conferences, you had the line. Uh, from bankroll fresh, walk in your trap, take over your trap. So I'm curious, what does your pregame playlist look like? Yeah, um, you know, really music-wise, um, kind of before, kind of on the bus and just before the game, it's really just mainly relaxing country. I, I'm a big fan of country. Um, kind of Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, Porter DeLine, anything, you name it. Um, and I'll, I'll mix in some rap songs that, I, that I've liked that, you know, I hear in the locker room and ask some of the guys what, songs they are um and also some chill i like rob wave um i think he's kind of a chill for game time just chill and not get too amped up i'm not a big amped up guy so just kind of chill relaxing and then you mentioned your brother who's playing overseas right now in granada spain he's played in um trento italy too he's yep. had time to see the world playing basketball if you could travel anywhere where would you pick mm, that's a good question um Anywhere in the world, where would I pick? Uh, you know, I've heard I've heard Italy, where it's Florence or Rome. Um, I've heard those those are pretty two pretty sweet spots. I think Florence is one of the ones. That was the one with the river going through the middle, I think, or something. Venice, yeah. Is that Venice? Yeah, Venice. One of those cities. All right, probably just around Europe. You know, I'm 
not a big history guy, but I got a history minor here in school. So kind of learning <laughs> some of that um, and just seeing some of the cool spots in Europe, I think probably, I'd probably say. When you look at, uh, you know, the 2023 seasons, not too far off, you got South Carolina coming up faster than most people think working in the off season, Sort of talk to us a little bit about your wide receiver room. Obviously, Josh Downs and Antoine Green to the draft and to the next level, but Tez mm-hmm. Walker and Nate McCollum come in, and then you've got um, Kobe and Gavin and J.J. and maybe Andre Green Jr. and whoever. Yeah. Just just sort of for, for us, from a quarterback's perspective, what do you like about your wide receiver room? Yeah, I think you know, the, the, the big thing, like you just said, you just named off six guys that, you know, First thing that comes to my head is that seems, you know, all, all six of those guys, you know, I got, you know, a big amount of trust and a great amount of trust in those guys to go make a play. And uh, the, the main thing for me is just running the right route. And like you said, I think uh, the big thing about our receiver room is, you know, having guys in there that, you know, roll them in there that you can count on to, you know, you know, run the right route and make the play. Uh, we got six guys. Tez um, has been a great addition from, from Kent State. Um, I grew up playing high school basketball against him. He was at, he went to West Charlotte, and uh, we were in the same conference my freshman year. Then we ended up, ended up going to Myers Park and changing. But uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's been a you know great addition. He's six two, six three. Go up and get it, and he'll run by you. Um, great kid. Um, more importantly, and, and Nate come from Georgia Tech, played some big time ball. Um, he's so smart. He's got that twitch like Josh does. Um, he'll be a great addition in the slot. And like I said, we already got four guys here that you know have made some plays and been some key contributors to games last year. We didn't have Antoine or Josh, you know, Gavin and Kobe, JJ, they, they all three had uh, some big time games and of course some touchdowns and uh, guys that I'm already confident in. So just adding to that, that repertoire we already have and bringing in those two guys um, should be some fun. Not even to mention our, our tight end room, which I think is the best in the country. So uh, just having that, I think we got a, got a good, good array of, of, of guys to throw to. We just got to do my job and give it to them, let them make the play. Hey, when you have those type talents, I mean, it makes it easier. Uh, yeah. Tez Walker, I think uh, Max said nobody can cover him. I mean, yeah. Nobody's got the speed. Talking about Nate, and I want to ask this because most people um, will look at Carolina from the outside and say, well, Josh Downs moved on, and that's a huge loss, and it is. But just sort of speak to what Nate McCollum brings. You mentioned the twitch. He's a little bigger than Josh. Yeah. Um, and he maybe some more yards after the catch, but just sort of scouting report on him for folks that are stressing about the the Josh Downs absence. Yeah, I think um, you know right now he's playing some outside too. He's not just playing inside. Uh, think about Nate. Um, he's he's plays bigger than he is. You know, I think I don't know what his measurables are, but you know he's out there. Um, like I said, a little bigger than Josh. Um, great hands. I remember you know vividly in spring ball me throwing a back shoulder to him like. He was playing on the outside, outside left, um, throwing a back shoulder to him like 20 or 30 yards down the field and him going up and grabbing it. Um, even one catch, I think. I think it was maybe one-on-ones. He had a slot fade and he ended up – it was a little – I would have it a little bit. It was supposed to be over the shoulder. He ended up catching it like this against his head. I don't know if – there's a picture out there that they had of it. And he's like basically leaning back, catching it. Uh, just his catch radius. Um, he'll go up and get it. Um, and, and like I said, in the slot, you throw it to him on like a five-yard hitch or something – He'll make something shake. Um, he's got, you know, kind of a, you know, a smart kid too. He played baseball. I think he went to Georgia Tech originally. He plays two way, you know, center field. We said so. Played a lot of different sports. Um, he got that twitch, and I think he had the highest grade overall in kind of our lifting kind of composition, where they do speed and power and kind of velocity. I think he had the highest one and in, in, out of the whole team. So that that gives you a little bit of insight to Nate. Um, he'll bring. He'll be, he'll be a good, good, good addition. Glad to have him in Carolina Blue. That's for sure. 
This Carolina team has household names like yourself, Cedric Ray, all ACC caliber guys. But who would you say is the player that fans might not be talking about right now, but will later on this season when they get the, when they get the chance to see them play? Mm. Oh, that's good. That's a good question. Maybe offense or defense. Yeah, I think defensively, I think uh, you know Huzzy. I think a Huzzy um, out there out there at corner. I think he's uh he's one of the the better ones since I've been here that I've seen. You know, guard some of our guys. I think uh, you know, no offense to defense, but he's really one of the one of the few that I that I have uh have confidence in you know or not 100 confidence in tez you know not blowing by him you know huzzy will be right there sometimes with them um so huzzy's been he made it he made it tough on us. i think that's the great thing about spring ball you get to see some of those new guys um elijah huzzy on defensively and offensively um mm, that's a good point. i think willie i think willie up front will do a better job than, than people uh, might think you know he's a little undersized but uh you know man he blocks his butt off in there and uh, I think it'll be a good addition up front. I'd probably say him and Huzzy and Willie, they got they got some they had a chance to kind of bring some some bright spots to uh, uh from the transfer portal. The Huzzy point made me think, how conscious are you at quarterback, the cornerbacks lining up across from your receiver? Like do you see a corner out there and you're like, maybe I'm not gonna test him or or do you kind yeah. of have the mindset where if you like the matchup you're you're gonna go at it. No, yeah, I think I'll, I'll take my receiver over, you know, whatever corner's out there. Um, you know, if I got confidence and that's what you stay, hang after practice and throw those fades for or throw those, you know, comebacks or curls or digs. Um, if I like my receiver out there, if I like the look, I'm going to take a chance. I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey out there. Um, so I think, you know, in season you do a little deeper study into the corners and kind of what tendencies and what routes are better at, at garden. Um, but really in spring ball um, out there, I'll, just try it and see what happens. Were you surprised at Willie Lampkin when he got there? I mean, he is smaller. And yeah. he comes across as a nice, sweet young man, but he is nasty on the field. Oh, That's no what you want, right? T oh, tell us about that offensive line for folks. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, we got – right now we got five or six or maybe possibly seven guys um, even we like. Um, so, obviously, Ed coming back um, was a big deal, um, getting a year out of him. Uh, Travion Green, um, he's a young kid at tackle. He kind of had a peck injury this spring, uh, but he's got a chance to come in and play some tackle. Uh, but moving Barnes, the outside, outside, um, he's playing left tackle right now. But I think the big thing about up front, we got a lot of versatility. We can bring in some guys that keep everybody fresh. Um, with Corey and, and Spence coming back, um, those are two kind of staples with, with Barnes. Those three um, were pretty solid last year along with Ed. So I think I got a lot of confidence in those guys kind of building a great relationship with them um, is the big thing. So looking forward to seeing what happens and uh, rolling out there. So. I think one of the things, you know, quarterbacks always want to make sure that guys are taken care of and all, and you've done well with that. Last question for you, Drake. I, I got to ask the defensive question because obviously you see them every day. Yep. And the question in spring, right, is, is the offense really good and the defense really bad or vice versa? What, what have you seen from Gene Chizik and the defense, and specifically maybe the defensive line, yeah. that, that should excite folks going into 2023? Yeah, I think the big thing um, with Coach Chizik is he's he's one of my favorite coaches I've been around. Um, I think given having a year under his belt um, and kind of getting defense handled and getting the personnel handled, um, I think I think fans and I think, uh, you know, I won't be surprised because I've seen it in practice, but I think fans and, you know, Carolina fans will be really impressed with what they – what they bring coming, um, you know, September. 
they got some good players. They got, you know, all the talent in the world over there. And I think they're starting to kind of click and, uh, you know, kind of those plays, you know, our go-to plays that used to be, you know, kind of plays that we knew were going to, you know, get a first down or get a big gain. Um, you're starting to see those dwindle. It's kind of making it tough for me. And I'm glad because, you know, we're going to face adversity during the season. So seeing Coach, Coach Chizik and them uh, kind of bring it all together and they're packing some new stuff, um, some new uh, some new adjustments, some new kind of blitzes and, and all the above. Um, starting with the leaders of defense power and said they're two of the best linebackers, linebacker, probably the best linebacker people I think in the country. So starting with them and then uh, seeing all those those guys they got up front, they're rolling in guys left and right, you know, bringing in new new uh, new faces that are you know getting the job done. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what what happens within this this fall, and I think it should be um, really impressive. Well. We've taken up plenty of your time, and I know Taylor's got one more thing to add, but I want to just thank you for taking the opportunity to talk to us. Thank Hills for Life. You know, Hills for Life is doing all the work for the NIL Collective for North Carolina. Uh, you're a big part of that. The website, hillsforlife.org. Learn how you can get involved. Support UNC players. Support guys like Drake May and the rest of the fellas we've talked about. Taylor, what you got before we get out of here? I was just looking it up, and the the South Carolina game, it's a game week birthday for Drake. So yeah, uh, yeah. early, I want to be the first one to wish you a happy birthday. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, last year. I think it's on Tuesday of the maybe the app game. So I'll be around there somewhere. But thank y'all. Yeah, thank y'all for having me on. And, you know, Heels Life has Heels been awesome. It's been giving us opportunities, you know, for players, families to come see the spring game, and a player giving players the opportunity to go home see their families across, you know, across the country. So it's been, it's been a blessing to see what, what that's done, and, and it means a lot to us. Yep, that is Drake May, your North Carolina QB1, Hills for Life. Shout out to Graham Boone for making it possible. Shout out to Greg, Greg, blah, Drake, Taylor Vipolis, and I'm Tommy Ashley. We'll be back. We got plenty of these all throughout the summer, folks. Be sure you join us here on the Players Lounge. Thank you, Drake. Thank you, Taylor. Yes, sir. Go Heels.